Well, we continue in uh, basic training today, and uh, remember, we're just moving forward here, just talking about some of the basic stuff of, uh, of what we Christians believe. And uh, we've talked about God the Father, uh, we've talked uh, last week about God the Son, and uh, so today we talk about God the Holy Spirit. Good, you remember that from confirmation, right? It's three, right? Okay, just wanted to check all you Lutheran folks out there. Yeah, so today we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit, and it's a good thing we do, I think, because there's uh, really a lot of confusion out there uh, in the church and uh, certainly in the world about the Holy Spirit. Uh, I mean, you can go into some churches this morning, and uh, you'll find people just uh, hysterically laughing, and they'll be attributing that hysterical laughter to uh, the work of the Spirit. Or you'll go into some churches and... Folks will be moving all over the place, and uh, some of them falling on the ground and being slain in the spirit. Or you'll go into churches where the people will be sitting there, and uh, you need to take their pulse to make sure they're still alive, and you wonder if the spirit even came in the room. Yeah, there you go. Now, well, why is this? I mean, what? I mean, what's the deal? Well, I mean, it's such a mystical thing. I mean. The concept of the Holy Spirit, the understanding of the Holy Spirit is such a mystical thing for us. I mean, we talk about God the Father, and, and a lot of us, we talk about God the Father, and we get kind of an image there, right? Uh, we talk about God the Son, and quite obviously, we, we get an image there. You know, some portrait that's been painted by somebody flashes into our head about Jesus. But when we get into talking about the Holy Spirit, I mean, what's the image that comes to your mind? In fact, most often we make a mistake when we talk about the Holy Spirit. We say the Holy Spirit, it. That's a mistake. Because we know it is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. It is three persons wrapped up in one. The Holy Spirit isn't it. The Holy Spirit is a person. It is part of the Trinity. It is part of the... The nature of God. We should talk about the Holy Spirit and talk about it as a person, a, a he, a she. Give you a little insight into to me as I get images around the Holy Spirit. I like to think of the Holy Spirit in the she form. I mean, we get God the Father in the he form. We get God the Son in the he form. And it's kind of nice to get a little balance, isn't it, ladies? Don't you think? I mean, and think about what the Spirit does. And you, you think about God the Father, and now it's kind of like the Holy Spirit. is like thinking about God the Mother, and that, that the Holy Spirit is nurturing. The Holy Spirit is there to, to uh, you know, give us what we need, provide for us. And we'll talk about all. But kind of a motherly nature about the Spirit. Well, whichever you want to refer to, if you want to say it's a he or you want to say it's a she, but please don't say it's a it, because it is a person. See how easy it is? The Holy Spirit is person. It is part of the Trinity. And it is good for us. It is good for us. Now that's a difficult thing for we Lutherans because we Lutherans are so second article people, right? I mean, we like talking about God the Father. That's okay. And uh, all that Old Testament stuff. But we really like talking about Jesus, right? And when we get talking about the Holy Spirit, we get a little nervous. Isn't that true, old Lutheran people? We get a little nervous. And yet we need to recognize that when Jesus talked about the Holy Spirit, 
Jesus talked about the Holy Spirit as an incredibly wonderful thing that needs to come into our life, an incredibly wonderful person that needs to come in to our life. If you go to John 16, Jesus is getting ready to leave his disciples. He says, but I tell you that I'm going to do what is best for you. What's he going to do? What is best for us. This is a good thing. It's the best thing that could possibly happen for us. That is why I'm going away. He knows his disciples are going to hear this and say, now, wait a minute, you just said you're going to do the best thing for us, and the best thing for us is that you're going away? And yet he holds to it to say, look, I'm telling you that I'm doing the best thing for you, and I'm going away. The Holy Spirit cannot come to help you until I leave. But after I'm gone, I will send the Spirit to you. Jesus wants what is best for us. And interestingly enough, in his own words, what is best for us is to have the Holy Spirit in our life. What is best for us is to have this person of the Holy Spirit active and working and present in our lives. Now, we can't spend a lot of time talking about what the Holy Spirit looks like because the Bible doesn't give us real insight into what the Holy Spirit looks like. It captures some images. It may say, oh, like a dove or like fire or like the wind. The Scripture doesn't spend a lot of time talking about what the Holy Spirit looks like. It spends all its time talking about what the Spirit does, what it does. Jesus said it's the best thing for us that we have the Holy Spirit into our lives because of what the Holy Spirit does in our lives. Let's spend the rest of the time looking at some Scripture and looking at what, what the Bible says. Look, this is what the Spirit is sent for, why it's the best thing for us and what it does. First observation the Scripture names the Holy Spirit, and one of the names it gives to the Holy Spirit is that of Counselor. We go back to John 16. It says, But I tell you the truth, it is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the Counselor will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Let's stop there for a minute. What's the name? Counselor, right? You see that? So he's given a name, and the name is counselor. Now the trouble with that Greek word that lies behind that translation is that there is no exact English word that corresponds to it. The Greek word is paraclete. And, and what it really means is it's talking about someone who comes alongside of you to offer assistance. Okay, So we get a word like a paramedic. Heard of those people? This is where you say yes, of course. You've heard of paramedics, right? Yeah, you're listening, okay. You've heard of paramedics, and what do they do? Well, paramedics come alongside of you, and they offer you assistance medically, right? Well, it's the same kind of principle here. He's talking about a paraclete, that is, the Spirit is someone who comes alongside of you and offers you assistance. It is the counselor, it is the comforter, it is the helper, it is the supporter, it is the advocate, it is your ally. All of those words wrapped up try to describe what the Spirit does. The Spirit comes alongside of us and it does whatever is best for us. And it speaks to the deepest things in our lives. Remember, we're talking here about a person who is part of the Godhead. 
This is God coming alongside of us. And when God comes, He doesn't deal in superficial things. He deals in the deepest things. And so you can continue in the verse with verse 8. It says, When He comes, He will... Do you notice that right away? It's talking about a person. He. Do you see that? When He comes... He will convict the world of guilt in regard to sin and righteousness and judgment, in regard to sin because men do not believe in me, in regard to righteousness because I'm going to the Father where He can see me no longer, and in regard to judgment because the prince of this world now stands condemned. Okay, now we just got Jesus telling us what He, what the Holy Spirit will do. He will. He's going to get serious about what your relationship is with God. First and foremost, the Holy Spirit is loose in this world working for the best in our lives. And the best thing that can happen to us is for the Holy Spirit to come to our lives and point out how far away we are from God. It's the best thing that can happen to us. The best thing the Holy Spirit can do is get involved in our lives and convict us about how far away we are from living the way God created us to live. The Holy Spirit comes in. It comes alongside of us. And it comes along to give us the best. And the best is to tell us, look, you need to get your life straightened out. You're not living the life that God called you to live. You're not living according to God's purposes and teachings. The Holy Spirit comes alongside of us and talks about how far away we are and convicts us about that distance between us and God. And we use the image of a, of a paramedic, right? When the paramedic comes along and they has to get involved in your life and the paramedic comes alongside of you, you probably don't want the paramedic to come alongside of you what happened there um, but what the spirit does and when those when those young people stand up here is the, the point is they're going to stand up and have a Holy Spirit moment because the Holy Spirit is what works in their hearts and their minds to be able to say look I believe this is what my life is about now the Holy Spirit is what works in our lives to be able to say look Jesus Christ is the most important thing in my life. And all that other stuff, all that other stuff, I want to push out. It is the Spirit's best thing. 
it can do for us is to put us in that place that says, where are you at with Jesus Christ? And bring us to that moment when we say, Jesus Christ is the most important person in our life. When that happens, the Holy Spirit doesn't just drop us. Scripture says the next thing the Holy Spirit does is it gives us a guarantee. When we get to that place and, and we let the Spirit work in our lives and we yield to that truth about Jesus Christ, then it says the Holy Spirit is our guarantee. Look at Ephesians 3. It says, Christ also brought you the truth, which is the good news about how you can be saved. That's what we were just talking about. Now look, you put your faith in Christ and were given the promised Holy Spirit to show that you belong to God. What's the Holy Spirit going to do? It's going to show that we belong to God. You see, if you say Jesus Christ is Lord, then the Holy Spirit invades life to be able to help you show that that's true. To help your life reflect the truth that Jesus Christ now is the most important person in your life. The Holy Spirit invades your life, comes alongside of you when you make that proclamation of faith to say, look, I am now going to lead you and guide you and be the guarantee that you are sealed and marked and that you indeed belong to God. Verse 14, the Spirit also makes us sure that we will be given what God has stored up for His people. The Spirit is that part of God's down payment. You know, we have the promise that we have eternal life. We make that statement of faith. The Spirit invades our life. So now I'm going to come alongside of you and help you show that that's absolutely true. And by the way, my being in your life is just the beginning of what your relationship with God will ultimately become. It is like the deposit. It is like the, the down payment. It's just the beginning of how God is going to be close in your life. The Spirit comes into our lives. Look at Romans 8. It says, You are no longer ruled by your desires, but by God's Spirit, who what? Lives in you. People who don't have the Spirit of Christ, then they'll belong to Him. But Christ lives in you. You remember what Jesus said before? It's better that He goes away, so now the Spirit can come. It's the best thing can happen for What is The Spirit now becomes part of us. Notice in that text, it says, who lives in you. You see that? It doesn't say the Spirit just kind of roams around you. It doesn't say the Spirit just kind of visits once in a while. It says the Spirit now lives where? In you. You know how awesome that is? That means from now on, when you make that proclamation that says Jesus Christ is Lord, from now on there is never a moment in your life that you face alone. There is never a circumstance in your life that you face alone. There is never a disappointment. There is never a joy. There is never an experience that goes on in your life that the Spirit is alongside you and experiencing with you. Isn't that awesome? This is what the Spirit does. The Spirit is the guarantee. It's the down payment. It says, look, I'm going to start living with you now until that day you live with God eternally. And because the Spirit now is that down payment and the deposit who lives in us, who lives with us, it also speaks then 
to everything that we experience in life. We could say the Spirit is our coach. If you go to Galatians 5, Paul says, If you are guided by the Spirit, you won't obey your selfish desires. What's the Spirit doing? Guiding. Right? It's guiding. See, Paul understands, the the Scripture understands, that as we go through life, there is this constant tug of war between what we want and what God wants. And when we say Jesus Christ is Lord, we're saying, look, we want what God wants. But there's always that part of us that wants to pull back, that wants to go back to what we want instead of what God wants. It says, the Spirit and your desires are enemies of each other. They're always fighting each other and keeping you from doing what you feel you should. The Spirit comes into our life and invades our life to keep coaching us, to keep encouraging us, to keep strengthening us so we continue to walk the path that God chooses for us and not the path we choose for ourselves. Jesus said in John 14, I have told you these things while I'm still with you, but the Holy Spirit will come and help you because the Father will send the Spirit to take my place. The Spirit will teach you everything and remind you of what I said while I was with you. What does the Spirit do? You see it? It coaches us. It reminds us of everything Jesus taught. It coaches us. It takes us and and says, look, I'm going to help you remember. I'm going to help you understand. I'm going to help you discover the truth about Jesus Christ in your life every day and every moment. And that's why Paul can say in Galatians 5, God's Spirit makes us loving, happy, peaceful, patient, kind, good, faithful, gentle, and self-controlled. Are those good things? Those are awesome things. This is what we want in life. The Holy Spirit is the coach that helps us understand how to live that incredible life that Jesus Christ died to bring to us. The Holy Spirit invades our life, helps us face everything we face, and keeps on encouraging us strengthening us, pushing us according to God's purpose. It says, and because we belong to Christ Jesus, we have killed our selfish feelings and desires. God's Spirit has given us life. And so we should follow the Spirit. You know that debate that goes on in your mind and heart, don't you? You know that debate that goes on? The Spirit is pulling at you. It is tugging at you to say, this is the way. If Jesus Christ is Lord, this is the way. Paul says, God's kingdom isn't about eating and drinking. It's about pleasing God, about living in peace, about true happiness. All this comes from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is there to coach us how to live those incredible lives that God wants us to have. Not only is the Spirit there to do all these great things for us, but the Spirit also comes with a gift. The Spirit comes with a gift. It is a gift giver. We like getting gifts. Gifts are good things. The Spirit comes when we make that declaration that Jesus is Lord. The Scripture says the Spirit comes, and when it comes, it comes with a gift. Now, this is, this is a neat thing. Look what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 12. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts. So does everybody get the same gift? 
Nope, different kinds. Okay, got that? So there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but they all come from the same Spirit. So the Spirit is the one who has the storehouse of these gifts. And the Spirit is the one who comes bearing the gifts. And we've already established the Spirit comes to live in you. When the Spirit comes to live in you, the Spirit comes with a gift chosen just for you. Just for you. There are different ways to serve the same Lord, and we can each do different things. Yet the same God works in all of us and helps us uh, in everything we do. The Spirit, look at this, the Spirit has given each of us a special way of serving others. When the Spirit invades our lives, it brings with it a gift chosen just for you. How just for you? Because the Spirit knows, remember it's your coach, it's the one that knows how you can live the incredible life God wants you to live. So when the Spirit comes, the Spirit knows the incredible life God wants you to accomplish, and He brings you, she brings you the gift you need to do it. The Spirit comes to bring the gift, everything you need to accomplish that incredible purpose for which God created you for. The Spirit comes not only to coach you in how to do it, but to equip you in how to accomplish it. And it doesn't stop there. Not only does it coach you in how to have the incredible life, not only does it bring you the gift to equip you how to have the incredible life, but the Spirit comes to give you the power to do it. Do you remember a guy named Peter from the New Testament? Now, remember Peter while he was walking along with Jesus. Did he do everything right? Absolutely not. In fact, Peter did a lot of things wrong. In fact, Peter is the guy, remember, that came to Jesus and said, No, Lord, you got it wrong. And Jesus had to turn around and say, Get behind me, Satan. Peter kept messing up all the time. And when Jesus was arrested and was taken away, and Peter tried to follow, the only one, by the way, that tried to follow him. But nevertheless, he too ended up denying Jesus publicly. Is he batting 100 yet? Peter's not doing so good while he's walking with Jesus. And yet, on the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit is given, who is the guy that stands up and preaches a message that changes the hearts and lives of 3,000 people in one day? Peter, how did he do that? How did Peter go from being the guy who was walking with Jesus and kept messing up all the time to becoming the guy who stood up in front of 3,000 people and challenged them about Jesus Christ and their relationship to Him and what they've done? And before it's all done, 3,000 people say, Jesus is Lord. How did he go from this to that? The answer? The Holy Spirit invaded his life. The Holy Spirit invaded his life and equipped him with the gift he needed and gave him the power to do it. Look at 2 Timothy 1. So I ask you to make full use of the gift that God gave you when I place my hands on you. Use it well. God's Spirit doesn't make cowards out of us. The Spirit gives us, say it with me, will you? Power, love, and self-control. Don't be ashamed to speak for our Lord. Is that awesome? 
when the Spirit invades our life, it doesn't just say, look, this is how you can live an incredible life and be our coach. It doesn't just bring us the gifts to equip us to have that incredible life. But the Spirit also gives us the power, the strength to be able to accomplish that kind of life. Just like Peter gets transitioned from the Peter who was to the Peter who could stand up with strength, power, and wisdom and understanding, the Spirit invades our life to say, look, you can have an awesome, incredible life following the purposes of God. And here's a gift and equipment to do it. And here's the strength to do it. And I'm going to stay right here with you. I am going to live every moment with you to see that you can do it. Look at Acts 1. It says, Jesus said to them, You don't need to know the time of those events that only the Father controls, but the Holy Spirit will come upon you and give you power. Then you will tell everyone about me in Jerusalem, in all Judea, in Samaria, and everywhere in the world. And it actually happened. It actually happened. 1 John 4 reminds us, Children, you belong to God, and you've defeated these enemies God's Spirit is with you and is more powerful. Do you see that? Is more powerful than the one that is in the world. The Spirit not only coaches us, the Spirit not only equips us, but the Spirit gives us the strength. It gives us the power. The Holy Spirit is that incredible gift that chooses to live each moment with us and make our lives better and more glorious, and more purposed, and more meaningful. And it works. It happens. Acts 9. The church in Judea, Galilee, and Samaria now had a time of peace and kept on worshiping the Lord. And the church became stronger as the Holy Spirit encouraged it and helped it grow. The Holy Spirit is that person of God who gives us everything we need to be those people God wants us to be and chooses to live in us and give us that coaching, that gift, and that power to be the people God wants us to be. And it all starts in one place. It starts with the Holy Spirit today asking you, where are you at with Jesus Christ? Where are you at with Jesus Christ today? Let the Holy Spirit speak and convict your heart. Let's pray. Father, we come to you. We thank you for your gift, the gift of the person, the Holy Spirit. Let that Spirit rule in not only this room in this moment, but let it rule every day in our hearts and our lives. Help us to hear its voice, to coach us and encourage us. Help us to receive its gift, to equip us, and help us to receive its power to strengthen us, to live those lives you choose us to live. We humbly ask all this through Jesus Christ our Lord.